Celebration Church. How's everyone doing? Doing good? Well, awesome. This is such a uh, great night. Love baptism services. Such a great opportunity. We get this chance to participate with something that the church has been a part of for thousands of years. People being baptized. Uh, we see baptism happening with John the Baptist. John the Baptist starts baptizing people, preparing the way for Jesus. And then Jesus ends up getting baptized by John, and it changes the whole deal. Such an awesome thing. And from that point forward in history, we see throughout the New Testament, people being baptized. And then the church has continued with that for a couple thousand years, and uh, it happens all over the world, and Christians everywhere have shown that they've professed their faith by being baptized. So we get to witness that tonight. It's such a special evening. So thanks for coming out and participating with that. Tonight is a little different than our typical Wednesday. On Wednesday nights, we have our Bible study. Let me encourage you, if you're part of Celebration Church, come on out on Wednesday nights. Participate with our Bible study. Pastor Mark, he goes verse by verse through books of the Bible. And uh, it's such a great opportunity to get the word of God inside of you and to understand what the Bible is all about and what this Christian experience is all about. And he's going through the book of Acts right now. We're reading about the church that's starting and starting to spread. And then when we get to one of the letters or books of the Bible that were written in the New Testament, we pause. And we get to hear what Paul was writing to so-and-so, and to this church, and to that community. And right now, we happen to be in the book of Corinthians. It was the first letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And, and in that letter, we see that there's this church that he's writing to, and while they've got all kinds of miracles, they've got all kinds of signs and wonders, there's amazing things happening amongst this group of people. In large part, they're really messed up, and we're right in the middle of all of it right now, and Paul's writing to this church. They're fighting, they're suing each other, there's all kinds of sexual immorality, people are getting drunk at communion, it's a total mess, and Paul is writing to a church in that context. So here's a group of Christians, to say the least, they're struggling to serve God. And if you've been a Christian for any length of period of time, you understand that we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that isn't perfect, that Jesus is coming back again someday, and he's gonna right all the wrongs, and things will be perfect. But until then, we live in a world that's just not quite right yet. So because we live in the world, we struggle. Because we have this thing called the flesh, we struggle. Because there is an enemy called Satan, we have struggles in our lives. And so Paul is writing this group of people that's struggling and he's encouraging them. And, and then in the book of Romans, he writes this section of scripture where he talks about baptism. And he's also talking about this struggle with our old man, our old nature, this sin nature. And in Romans chapter six, verses one through four, we'll start in verse one, it says this. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And he says, by no means. Uh, see, there's this group of people, they were running around and they were saying, you know what? If grace is there when we sin, shouldn't we just be sinning all the more so that grace can cover it? And they're saying, you know, mo sin equals mo grace. So just bring it on, bring on the sin and bring on the grace. Isn't that what we need? We can just do anything we want. And there's still Christians sometimes that think this way. 
They think that there's not such a thing as sin, but as Christians, we're called to live different lives. And people are tempted. In Romans chapter six, we see them talking about this old nature, and he says, no, this is not what we're supposed to do. He's writing to these people, and it's not the Christian experience. We're supposed to live differently. So we live differently, and the answer is from Paul, by no means. And we read on in verse two. It says this, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't, don't you know that all of us who were baptized, there's that word baptized, into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In baptism, we get this really glorious, amazing picture of coming to the water, going under the water, and rising out of the water. We come to Jesus, and he forgives us of our sins. We go under the water showing that we are dead to the old sinful nature. When we rise out of the water showing that we are now in Christ. New life, new calling, a new nature inside of us. And it's a picture that's powerful because what we will see tonight is a group of people that have said yes to Jesus Christ, and a group of people who have had their sins forgiven, who are dead to sin and have new life. But unlike death, which is forever, with the flesh, you're just mostly dead. This thing is never gone until we end up someday dead, dead, dead. This old flesh will come back and rear its ugly head from time to time. Maybe you've experienced this where maybe you struggle with bitterness or maybe you've had struggles in your marriage or we have struggles in our economy or maybe your candidate doesn't win the election and you struggle because of it. We struggle in life and the flesh will keep on coming back. In fact, in the story of Jesus' baptism, which we're about to read, we see that immediately after Jesus' baptism, he's let out into the wilderness, and Jesus is tempted by Satan. And what we see in this baptism story is that even Jesus walks into this. This major shift that we see in baptism is that Jesus Christ is now on the scene. We're gonna read the story, and before we do, I just wanna say there's four things that those of you, if you're being baptized tonight, and really every single one of us, there's four really cool things in this story of Jesus' baptism that I want us to take note of here tonight. The first one is Jesus is gonna come to the water. The second one is Jesus goes under the water. The third one is he comes out of the water, And when he comes out of the water, he receives his new identity. He receives his ministry. And number four, Jesus then goes out into the wilderness. So we'll take a look at this, this beautiful story where baptism changes because of Jesus Christ. Remember prior to this, John the Baptist was going around and he was preaching repentance and he was baptizing people, preparing the way. And then all of a sudden Jesus is baptized. And from this point forward, we, man, we're baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible thing. Heaven and earth coming together in this amazing way. Let's take a look. Matthew chapter three, starting in verse 13, it says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee 
to the Jordan to be baptized. But Jesus tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. How do you come to me? John is saying, hey, I'm not worthy to baptize you, Jesus. You ought to be baptizing me. It's incredible. And Jesus says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened up and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This story is different. Jesus is now baptized and we see the heavens being split open. In fact, if you like fast forward onto Jesus' crucifixion, the temple curtain was torn, right? Never to come back again. That what Jesus started was a change in reality. Jesus was baptized and reality changed. Then we get to participate in this. And then it was finished when Jesus went to the cross and beat death by death. This past Easter, we just got done celebrating that Jesus beat death. And this start, this picture starts around this baptism moment. It's a special night. We're going to see people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like that day when Jesus was baptized, where the heavens were torn open, the Father spoke, and the Spirit descended. Let me encourage those of you being baptized tonight to take a look at these four things that we see in Jesus' baptism. Number one, coming to the water. Jesus comes to the water, and know this tonight, as you come to the water, you're about to be baptized. And as you come to the water, you're coming to the water with your sins forgiven. And this isn't because of how good you are. You can't be good enough. You can't earn it. You can't buy your way out of it. You can't memorize enough prayers. You can't do anything. It's because of the grace of God that our sins are forgiven. This is different than any other religion in the world where you have to earn your way in that religion. Christianity is totally different. It starts with experiencing God and then it's a life of following him. This is totally different. It's grace and it's amazing. So tonight you come to the water with your sins forgiven because of what Jesus accomplished on that cross. And you're gonna go under the water. Number two, you're going under the water and just like Jesus went under the water showing death Death to the old nature, that he defeated this in death. And when you go down, you go down with Jesus defeating that old nature. And you will come out of the water just as Jesus came out of the water because you have a new nature. You are baptized now in Christ Jesus. The old nature is gone and the new has come. But we still have this thing called the flesh, like we wrote, read about in Romans and like Paul was writing about too with the Corinthians and like we see over and over again in the Christian experience. So just like Jesus, the fourth thing, goes out into the wilderness, you too, we as Christians, the Christian life is kind of like going out to the wilderness. And just like Jesus was tempted, we will be tempted in our lives. We will be tempted to say, you know what? I can do this on my own. We're gonna be tempted with that flesh, that old nature. We're gonna be tempted because sometimes things don't go right. But at Celebration Church, 
we've got some values that we have. One of them is become. We want you to become all who God has created you to be. We want to see you become who God's called you to be in your life. But there's the world, there's the flesh, and there's the enemy. And it will war against us. And we live in a world that is in heaven and things aren't right. We have a flesh. We have this thing that's in conflict with the spirit. And we have an enemy that the Bible says, the devil prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And because of all of that, we will be tempted, just like Jesus was out in the wilderness, right after his baptism. But the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Many of you, uh, during Lent, uh, you may have fasted. You gave something up. You stopped eating candy bars, or you stopped eating pies, or coffee, or breakfast or whatever it was, maybe you fasted something and you're saying to your flesh, no. And there's been these Christian disciplines, these things throughout the Christian experience that teach us to say no to the flesh, that help us when the world doesn't seem to do what we think the world should do. There's sickness. There's things in life that just aren't right. There's things because we live in a world that's still broken that Jesus is gonna repair someday. Sometimes when things don't go right, we're tempted to give up on our faith. And you know what? We gotta hang in there. And it's about building patterns in your life where you're building up the spirit that's inside of you. Practices like this teach us to say no to the flesh. And an interesting thing from Jesus' baptism story is this. Jesus, who is he baptized by? He's baptized by John. And what was John's response? He's like, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus is baptized under the hand of John. Jesus is baptized, God in humility, under the hand of John. The story of humility throughout all of this, the incarnation story, the word becoming flesh, God becoming flesh was born of Mary. Mary's womb came into the world as a baby. I've had four babies. I heard a baby right over there. Baby, he came into the world as a baby, right? Such a humble start, born in a manger. He was raised by his mom and his dad, Mary and Joseph. He grew up, he went into the temple. There's the story of Jesus going into the temple and it says that they were stunned and they were amazed at what he understood about the scriptures and then Mary and Joseph are like, where's Jesus? And they have to go find him. And Jesus has to listen to mom and dad. It's this humble beginning. And then when Jesus comes to the Jordan River, he submits under the hand of John. As a Christian, we are called to submit. We're called to submit to the church. We're called to submit to one another. And if you're gonna live out the life that we've been called to live, one, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And two, you need to be connected and submitted in at your local church. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 14 says this. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Palm trees in the desert. Isn't that awesome? That in the desert, you've got these beautiful palm trees. If you've ever been to like Phoenix and you see a gorgeous palm tree, this beautiful tree growing out of a place where grass can barely grow. The Bible says that when you're planted in the house of God, that you can grow in your faith 
that you can be strong like a palm tree. It says they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. We live in Wisconsin. We live up in the, you know, you got the Northwoods. We got these beautiful, big, strong trees. I have this tree in my backyard that got trimmed a few years back. And I had this guy, man, he was, he was like 80 years old and he was climbing like 60 feet in the air up in this tree. I asked him if his wife knew what he was doing. He's like, she has no idea I'm this high in the air. He's swinging from this tree and we're trimming it. I don't even know what kind of tree it was, but he had to get through that last piece of bark with like limbs this big around. He had to get through that last piece of bark for that limb to fall off. That's a strong tree that when the winds blew and it howled and the tree shook, those limbs weren't going anywhere. It's a strong tree. And the Bible says that the righteous flourish like that. So it talks about flourishing, and it talks about growing, it talks about this cedar in Lebanon, and it says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God, and they will still bear fruit in old age, they will stay fresh, and they will stay green. If you want to stay fresh, if you want to stay green, if you want to keep on standing when the winds of life come, you've got to be planted in the house of the Lord. How many of you would love some of that in your life? Flourishing, right? And bearing fruit, good things in your life. This is how we can begin to succeed in this life of following God. First Timothy 4 and 7 says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. If we're going to become who God's called us to be, we need to be disciplined in how we connect in at church. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In life, we need to be sharpened. We need to be around other people that can sharpen us. I love to cook. Anyone like to cook? Best thing about cooking is a sharp knife, right? The other night I was cooking. Every time before I cook, I get out my knives and I sharpen them. I get them really sharp. And food, man, it tastes better when you got a sharp knife. There's nothing like, I mean, if you cut through a steak with a butter knife, you can't do that. You ruin your steak. It doesn't even taste good anymore. But a good sharp knife makes food taste better. You can cook the right way. But a knife gets rough edges on it, doesn't it? A knife gets rough as you use it, as you're cutting and as you're chopping and as you're using it in life. A knife gets rough edges and you got to sharpen it up. And the Bible says when we do life with one another, which is one of the other values of the church, belong. We need to belong here at the church and get to know others and belong with what is happening, connected in. The Bible says that you get sharp in life and life works the right way. God uses others in our lives to sharpen us. We will become who God's called us to be when we are in that place of belonging. But it's hard to do that if you're not regularly connected into church life. So if you're here tonight, and this is your church. Let me encourage you to put yourself in a place where you belong. This is regularly coming to church. This is participating in church life. Sundays, the other big thing at celebration is Wednesday nights. This Bible study and there's groups and other things taking place. Let me encourage you, come on Wednesday nights. Get your, get your kids plugged into what we do. Get your youth, your teenagers plugged into the things that are happening. This is taking communion together. This is confessing the creed. And this is baptism. Jesus said, you need to be baptized and we're doing it. And it's such an awesome thing. We see it throughout the scriptures and we're about to see it tonight. Jesus said we should do it. We're thrilled to celebrate with those being baptized tonight. We've got 18 people being baptized. Let's give them a big old hand. And they can head over there and line up. And, uh, and we're going to baptize people. This is going to be awesome. 
the band can come out and begin to play. What we're going to do is we're going to sing a few songs. We're going to sing to Jesus together. So let me encourage you to stand with us. And uh, you can stand to your feet right now. Sing along. We're going to have the baptisms up on the screens. When they're baptized, feel free to cheer and to celebrate. This is a party. This is an awesome thing that we get to be a part of. So as, they, as the music plays, we're going to do that. And I'll pray before they get started. Father God, we lift up this evening to you, this baptism moment. God, we pray for those that have chosen to follow you and to follow in your steps. Some of them, God, They're brand new to their faith, and we thank you for that. Others have been serving you for years, and because, God, you said we should do this, they're following in step with that and saying, I want to be baptized. And we love that, and we celebrate, and we thank you for what's happening in their lives and what you're going to continue to do. Be with them. Give them strength. I pray that they would live by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.